Amen. Let's go back to the beginning. In the beginning, God created. Well, not that far to the beginning. Just to this beginning. And God said, Therefore shall a man leave his father and mother and cleave unto his wife. I always like to say if there's more cleaving, there'll be less leaving. And they shall become one flesh. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. Now, what we want to do, what I want to, by the end of this service, by the end of the day, by what you want, the goal you want to work toward in marriage, you want to get back to God's plan for marriage. And that is for you, number one, to find that spouse, to find that one that you want to leave mom and daddy for. And that you want to cleave to, that you want to love, that you want to have enjoy life, that you want to experience life, that you want to produce life, that you want to do things with for the rest of your life. You want to cleave to them. And you want to have a healthy marriage. You want to get to the point to where you can be naked and unashamed. See, that was the first reality TV. It wasn't naked and afraid. Naked and afraid came after the fall. You see, after man sinned, you see, first of all, they were covered in the glory of God. And they didn't know they had flaws. It wasn't until sin came in and all of a sudden the devil started pointing stuff out. And they went, oh wow, I'm not perfect. I I got this issue and this issue. And all of a sudden now they're, they're covering up and they're hiding from God. And they begin to hide for one another. But if you can walk in your relationship with God and with one another, you can get to the point to where you too can have a marriage naked and unashamed that you're not hiding from anything there's no you're not hiding from communication you're not hiding from friendship you're not hiding from anything you you you're open you 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 trust one another you see so many times we're afraid if if the person really gets to know us I've heard of people, I hope there's nobody in here like that uh, like this but if you are I'm not talking about you I promise I've heard of ladies uh, who their, their husbands have never seen them without their makeup. They wake up earlier than he does so they can fix it. Because, listen, come on, just be who you are. You're beautiful to God the way God created you. If, if he screams and runs away when he don't see you in makeup, that's his problem. Not yours. That's not going to happen anyway. That comes from some insecurities and things. Listen, we want to get to the place to where we can not be afraid to show our flaws to one another, knowing that we're going to be accepted. That's the way we are to God. When we come to God, we can't hide. If you're hiding from God or you're hiding from your spouse, that's not good. We want to be open. Amen? Yes. So, uh, sex... Was God's idea. None of y'all invented it. You're all here because of it. It was God's idea. God created man. God created woman. He created everything that goes with them. And he created them to fit together. You got married. You stood on a stage. You stood somewhere. And you made vows. And you said, for better, for worse, for richer, for poor, in sickness and in health. And you made vows to God, but that's not what made you one. You told God, this is what I'm going to do. But it's through the act of sex, what God created for a man and woman to come together. The Bible says he'll leave his father and mother and they shall become one flesh. You created a covenant. Sex is a covenant. It's a man, individual, woman, individual becoming one and in covenant with each other and with God. That's the only threesome needs to be going on. 
you, your spouse, and God. Amen? Y'all didn't know we were going to talk about that, did you? I didn't either. It's not in the notes. I've got a lot of stuff not in the notes, I might say. Now y'all see why we sent all the kids out? Let's talk about sex just for a second, uh, because that's not what we're going to talk about today. Talk about something else. But why? why what, what's the, uh, there's hundreds, hundreds, but I'm going to give you ten benefits of, of having sex. A healthy sex life. What's a healthy sex life? It depends on how long you've been married. Because newlyweds, I mean, every day, two or three times a day, uh, you get older and you get to be like, how do you know if you're newlywed or old? It's like you get in bed and you're like, you don't have sex or just go to sleep. And then there's a long pause and you're like, oh, you just want to go to sleep. And you're like, we'll try again tomorrow. But when you're young, when you're newlyweds, I mean, you don't have those kind of conversations. It don't matter if you're tired, if you're hungry, it don't matter. You know, that's just what's on your mind. And, uh, but listen, things change as you get older. It just happens. And, uh, but there's still uh, once a week, twice a week, it, it's up to you. But there's, there's benefits. What's the benefits? I've got to get to that. Here we go. Improves immunity. Some of y'all been sick too much. Y'all need to get busy. Sex improves your immunity. It's good for your heart. Sex twice a week can help reduce heart attacks by 45%. Come on, help your husband have a stronger heart. And if you do it right, you might have a heart attack during. I don't know. What a way to go. Take me, Jesus. Okay. But that would be terrible for your spouse, wouldn't it? I mean, that might be good for you, but man, it would not be good for your spouse. So you don't want to do that. Sex lowers blood pressure. In a survey of women, 57 to 85. You're like, what? 57 to 85. Yeah, you, you can have sex till you die if you want to. It reduces hypertension. High blood pressure. Did you know high blood pressure lowers desire, lowers libido? So if you have high blood pressure, you don't want to have sex as much. But if you'll have sex, you won't have high blood pressure. I don't know. I didn't make these statistics up. I just Googled them. So You also got to be careful what you Google. Get you in trouble. Uh, it relieves pain. It relieves headaches. So the next time your wife says, I've got a headache, say, i got to answer to that. Uh, take your headache away or give you a worse one, one or the other. Number five, it reduces the risk of prostate cancer for men. Six, it, it improves sleep. When you have sex, it, redu it, it releases oxytocin. Oxytocin is also known as the cuddle drug. Makes you want to cuddle. Oxytocin also, uh, there's a lot of other hormones uh, that are re that that release in your mind and your body uh, that have so many health benefits, and uh, but it also uh, for women it, it releases uh, estrogen. It can make you healthier. It makes you feel satisfied. It, it it makes you relax. It helps you be sleepy. Now for men, so some of you women want to know this. I'm fixing to teach you something, and men, but you can overcome it, guys. For men. The frontal cortex, right up here, that is for alertness, consciousness, and mental activity. Right here. After sex, it turns off. It just shuts down. You're like, my husband just falls asleep. He can't help it. His brain shuts down. His frontal cortex. But men, you got to overcome that frontal cortex. And you gotta, you got to cuddle. You don't turn your back. Don't roll over and go to sleep. you got to cuddle. you got to talk. Some of the best conversations. Some of the deepest connections. Some, you can solve a lot of your troubles. When you're holding each other in your arms. 
after you've experienced that orgasm, after your brain has shut down, after your body is relaxed, a lot of your tension, a lot of your uh, stress, uh, next point, it relieves stress. A lot of the stress is, is gone, and you can communicate better. Sometimes, some you say, well, I'm just fighting. Sometimes you've got to stop right in the middle of your fight, just go have sex, and then you'll come back and you'll go, what were we fighting about? I don't remember. My brain's asleep. It boosts brain power. Helps you have mental, mental, mental clarity. It increases lifespan. How many wants to live longer? <laughs> Some of the ladies are like, if i got to have sex, I just want to die today. No, come on. You can do it. It's not just women, men too. And number 10, this is a, a, big, a biggie for men and women. It boosts self-esteem. We've now, I've never seen an, a generation that has such low self-esteem. They don't know who they are in Christ. They don't know who they are uh, in relationship. And husband and wife, and, and where we're going, uh, I hope will help you with this. Because things you're saying and things you're doing are, are hurting one another. And men have egos and, and, and women, are they're, they're precious and they're fragile. And listen, it ta- for every negative thing you say, one negative thing you say takes nine positive things to counteract it. But what's happening, people are continuing to say negative things and are never saying positive. And our low self-esteem is just down, down. And no wonder nobody wants to be naked because they're ashamed because they have low self-esteem, because they don't feel like they're loved, and, and we've got to get back to that. So, there's a lot of good benefits, a lot of, uh, you know, there, there's, it, it's exciting. Remember, how many remembers when you first got married? Last night, we had all the way from newlyweds, a few months, all the way to 55 years. But we can all remember falling in love. We can all remember the feelings and the emotions and all the things that went along with it. And you can, you know, you, you're, you're young and you don't know nothing. And you're just doing all this and half of it you're doing wrong. But that's the fun of practice. Practice makes perfect. Amen? Listen, y'all got to say a better amens. Practice makes perfect. This is one of those things that gets better with time. So, you know, you might not, as you get older, do it as much, but it's sure better than it was when you used to do it a lot of the times and didn't know what you were doing. So, practice makes perfect with that. Sex changes over the years, but love should not. Libido. Your desire changes. It decreases as you get older, but love should increase. Your relationship, your closeness, your I mean, there should be a connection. I mean, you should you should know what you're, each other's thinking by your looks. I mean, there's just a connection that comes with marriage. There's nothing like it. I mean, God created it. It's amazing. It's not all about sex. That's a great part and a fun part of marriage. God created it. But as you live life, I mean, there's so much more to experience. God wants you to be well-rounded, and He wants you to have fun. Do you remember, Ben, you just couldn't wait to make love. I can't wait to get off work. I can't wait to see you. I can't wait to, you know, we have a, a little bit of time together. You couldn't wait to make love. You can keep your hands off of one another. Then, you had kids. You got a job. And you had bills come in the mail. And then you started having the health issues. And then there was infidelity. Now you're hurt. Someone left you. Someone abandoned you. Someone cheated on you. And part of your heart is broken. Now, how, how, do you, how do you recover? How do you get back into a healthy relationship? How do you begin to love one another 
again. Do you know, we used to be so in love, and now I'm just mad. I used to love them to death, and now I just wish they were dead. And so people turn to other things. They turn to other people and they turn to drugs and they turn to alcohol and they turn to work and they turn to pornography and they turn to infidelity. They turn to all these things trying to satisfy something that their spouse is not. But can I tell you today, you can get back to where you need to be. Nothing is unfixable. Nothing is broke beyond repair if you're willing to put in the work. If you can just remember when, and you can say, you ask yourself this morning, how can we get back to loving each other? Isn't that a good question? Maybe you haven't had any major issues. Maybe things are just, it's just over time things change. But you know what? How can I get back to a marriage of naked and unashamed not hiding anything, open, relaxed, enjoying life, enjoying my spouse. How can I get back to that? Take just a moment. Miss Amy wants to show you a clip, and then she's coming uh, for a few minutes. You're going to talk about it first? Okay. She's coming, and then I'm going to come back and finish up. Give her a hand clap. My spouse of almost 30 years... sent the sound booth teenagers back to the back so well I was just going to play the clip but I think I'm going to set it up first um this show I honestly I've only this is probably the only episode I've ever watched the whole episode of um and one day it was a Sunday afternoon I believe and Pastor Samuel was taking a nap and I was just you know going through the uh tv trying to find something to watch and stopped on the show Blackish. I'm not sure if you've ever seen it. And so I'm not like being a proponent because I haven't seen enough of the episodes to tell you, oh, it's so good. But I want you all, I hope you will, go home and YouTube this whole entire episode. It's called Blue Valentine. And all you have to do is type in Blackish Blue Valentine and you can find the entire episode on YouTube. I just was barely watching it, and I just could not change the channel. And I was just sitting there, and I was just, like, overwhelmed, and I was really kind of crying because of the situation that was happening. And so this is just a short one-minute, 36-second clip, and then I'm going to talk about it some more and give you a few of the details. But um, this is just where some of us are. Okay, Haley. What? Oh, I do not always carry around anger. Okay, Dre, okay. You just did. Like, like when I picked that movie. What? Dre, a couple of months ago, you got so angry when I picked that movie that you didn't like, and you haven't let me pick a movie ever since. You said it was supposed to be good. I said I heard the movie was good. No, you said, and I quote, Jennifer Lawrence... Oscar bait. Whatever. It was one bad movie. That you dragged me to on my only free Saturday in months. I dragged you to it? Really, Dre? So now us spending time together is me dragging you places? All you had to do was admit that you knew nothing about the movie and we could have seen something else. But no, you can never admit to not knowing anything because you have to know everything. Just like a few years ago. Oh, you bring up old arguments. Yes, I am. Okay. Is that a problem? Yes, it's a problem, Dre, because I have no idea what we're fighting about. I literally have no idea what you want from me right now. I don't now. want anything from you. I was just trying to buy a seat. And you go all in about flowers. Listen, so now this argument's my fault? Yes. This is my fault. Yes, it's your fault. And okay. it's all good because according to you, everything else is mine. Where you being?
So they're remodeling their kitchen. They've got four kids, been married for all these years, and they uh, just had this argument about buying a sink. And so the sink, they could not agree upon the sink. I get get so emotional because I've seen the whole thing. He wanted a farm sink. She wanted a stainless steel sink. They were just arguing and arguing about what kind of sink should we buy? Why are we even doing this anyway? Why are we even remodeling this anyway? The whole episode, they keep having flashbacks. So he has a flashback to when they first bought the house, their first night in the house, and they're in this kitchen before the remodel. And he brought in a little bag from the probably the gas station. And they're like, you know, there's just no food in the house. And she's like, what do you have? And he's like, you know, it's ramen noodles in a, in a cup. And she's like... I don't put that stuff in my body. He's like, oh, come on. It's our first night. You don't, we don't want to cook. Let's just, and, they, and they cooked it in the microwave, and they just ate ramen noodles, and they just laughed, and they just had this great time the first night in their kitchen. And then she's having, you know, flashbacks to when they were, you know, having, they're just so, the whole, I can't even tell you the whole thing. You really, really, really need to watch it because the whole thing goes back to, when they found out, you know, they were pregnant with this latest child. And just so many emotional moments, changing jobs, just thing after thing after thing. And then the, the ending scene, which I don't want to ruin it for you, but I am ruining it for you because it's so important. So the ending scene, they're standing in the remodeled kitchen, and she's standing next to the farmhouse sink, which is the sink he wanted. And he walks into the remodeled kitchen with a bag in his hand. And she's like, you know, and he's not even looking at the sink because I can't remember why, but just something else just was on his mind. Just why are we, you know, we spent all this money. Da, da, da. Well, he's, oh no, all he's got in his mind is the bag, the bag, the bag, the bag. She doesn't know about the memory of the ramen noodles the first night they had the kitchen. They haven't talked about that memory. She, She's not thought about that memory. She has no idea that that was a special time. She's just not even in her mind. It's been years ago. And she's like, what is that? And he's like, he opens up these ramen noodles. It's like the sweet moment because he's remembering their first night in that kitchen with ramen noodles. And she's like, I don't put that stuff in my body. And then his feelings are hurt. Because he's had this great memory of the first night. And then her feelings are hurt because he's not even noticing the sink. I got the sink he wanted because he wanted the sink and not the one I wanted. And he's not even noticing the sink. And they just both got mad at each other, never told each other. He never says, don't you remember the ramen noodles the first night? And she never says, look, I got the sink that you wanted. No, they're both just mad, not telling each other what the other one's thinking. And then they just both leave. He's gone. She's gone. I have no idea what season I'm in. I have no idea what's going to happen next. I don't know. But it was just devastating to me. It was just so devastating. And I thought, that is what's wrong with couples. They don't communicate. Everybody thinks, well, he should know what I want. She should know what I'm thinking. Oh, my goodness, what a great memory this ramen noodles were. But... If you don't remind them of the ramen noodles, they don't know why you're buying ramen noodles 30 years into a marriage when you can have real food. You know, there's got to be communication. You have to tell each other what you're feeling. You have to communicate. You have to keep that open. You cannot just imagine that the other person, I wrote down, Share your stupid thoughts. (laughs) Because, unfortunately, the rumor is true. He cannot read your mind. And she cannot read your mind. We so often, we get so caught up in, well, this is just so dumb. This is just so dumb. But you know what? They may be feeling the same thing. They may need that reassurance, too. And I just, I really, 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 I can't, 
impress you enough to watch this silly little 30-minute sitcom, Blue Valentine, on the series Blackish, because you just see the difference. If they would have just told one another. I'm one of those people, you know, we know how Hallmark movies end, and I love Hallmark movies, but I still get so mad when they walk through the door with the coffee and see the other people hugging, saying goodbye, and they think, oh, they're together. They chose them, and they turn around with the coffee. And it's two weeks later before it works out. It still makes me, I'm just like, no, say, here's the coffee. Say something. Just say something. Why do we want to be all dramatic all the time? Just say what you feel. Don't make them guess. Don't guess on your own. I have a real problem with that. I like to like, I know what everyone's thinking and it's all terrible about me. You know, I just have all of these thoughts. I just, you know what they said in that text? Okay. I mean, no, it was okay. I don't know. I don't project what you're feeling onto someone else. I'm preaching to myself as well. We have to say it. Don't let it go unsaid. Communication is probably the main reason that people have trouble because we're just all too stubborn to say what we really want. And then the other person is just too stubborn to give in sometimes. So give of yourself. Be willing to prefer the other one and say your stupid thoughts. Communicate with one another. Take it with me. You can take it with me. Okay, we're going to turn it off. Okay. Well, I'm going to say my stupid thoughts then. <laughs> Let's take a little test. Y'all ready for a test? You know, the best way to find out if, if, if you're, what you're doing is right or wrong, how, who are you comparing yourself to? You know, the Bible says not to compare ourselves with one another. You don't need to compare your marriage with someone else's or this or that. Or You know, I tell you all the time, you know, people say, well, the grass is greener on the other side. Their septic tank's bigger. Their field lines are longer. That's why their yard's bigger. You know, guess what? You still got to mow that grass. If you don't deal with stuff in your relationship now, and you just say, well, I'll just go get another one. You're going to face the exact same stuff in that one. Because people are the same, relationships are the same, things are the same. And if you don't learn now to get along with this one, you can't get along with the next one. And so, I mean, it's just like a car or a truck or whatever thing. If it's broke, fix it. Because you can't afford a new one. You can't afford the one you got. You got to make the best of it. So let's take the love test. And uh, I read this on Wednesday night. But I want to cover it again because there's just no other, there, there's just no other way uh, to look at our marriage and look at how we're loving one another except by God's Word. And so this is the love chapter, 1 Corinthians chapter 13. It's just verse 4 through 7. So let's just look at this and, and let's look at ourself. Okay? This is not your opportunity to go, yeah, come on, pastor, tell my wife how it is. No, I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you, husband. Talking to you, boyfriend. If you're not a good boyfriend, if he's not a good boyfriend, he's not going to be a good husband. If she's not a good girlfriend, she's not going to be a good wife. If y'all are dating and you're already crazy, run. Because it's only going to get crazier. Stress and pressure and kids and money, I mean, just has a way. And if you're already being crazy, come on. Keep looking. You there? 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4. Check yourself. 
Love is patient. How patient are you with your spouse? Do you remember when you first got married? All those little things they did. Oh, it's so cute. Now, it's on your nerves. You know why? You're not patient anymore. You used to look at their flaws. And, of course, for women, the number one mistake, the number one lie you tell yourself, I can change him. No, you can't. He might change, but it's downhill from here, sister. He's as good as he's ever going to get when he's dating you. He's got his best face forward. He's sucked in. And then he's like, I do. You're like, what happened? Old Fabio turned into Flabio. Love is patient. But you can't change things overnight. So yeah, you can you can you you can work on that. You can get in the gym, you can uh you can, you know, you can watch what you eat, you can listen. Don't blame him for gaining weight when all you feed him is little debbies. Huh? Yeah. I saw that one other day. I thought he was hilarious. It wasn't little Debbie, it was Big Deborah. How patient are you with your spouse when they make mistakes? How, how, how are you allowing them? Do you allow them the space to make mistakes? You know we're all imperfect, right? And if you're expecting perfection, you're disappointing yourself and them, and you need to learn to be patient. But, guys, they can't wait forever. They expect you to be working on it. Love is patient and kind. Never in my life, and it's, on, it's all over TV, it's no wonder. We live in a society to where every sitcom, it makes the teenagers look smart, the parents look like idiots, the mom and dad are screaming at each other. I mean, they grow up in this society where they think that's normal. I'm going to tell you what's normal, what's, what's by the word of God, that you be nice. Love is kind. It still opens doors. I forget sometimes. I do. Sometimes we get busy. Sometimes I don't open the door for my wife all the time. I want to. And I try to remember it because I remember. I remember. It was a, it's a good memory. I remember one time I went open my door. I opened her door. She got in and she said, when you open the door, it makes me want to have sex with you. Now I'm walking to the car and I, I, I remember that. I'm like, oh, I almost forget. I'm like, oh, I got to go to her side. She said it. And I remember it. Love is kind. I've never heard husbands and wives talk so mean to each other as as I hear nowadays. I don't even talk to my dog when I'm mad. It's not even my dog. It's my son's dog. And she eats everything. And when I'm angry, I don't even talk to her the way I hear some husbands talk to their wives. And wives talk to their husbands, belittle them, cut them down. Just it, it, I, love is kind, and that's not love. That sounds more like hate. How how we doing? We're only on number two. How y'all doing? Love is patient. Love is kind. We're trying to get back. Where are we trying to get to? Y'all don't remember where we're trying to get to? We're trying to get back to naked and unashamed. (laughs) Well, I can tell you, if you're impatient and mean, you're never going to get there. 
patient and kind. Love is not jealous. Now, there's normal jealous, and then there's crazy. Stalking, and just that's not, we don't want to go there. Jealousy is a bad thing. Jealousy will eat you alive. Jealousy will take your peace. And it's ugly. I'm not just talking about other men or women. I'm talking about there, there's men and jealous of a wife's job and the income she makes are so many things. Spouses jealous of each other. Listen, your job should be to see that your spouse succeeds in every way possible. And when they get on the stage and the spotlight is on them, you should be the number one cheerleader. They should hear your voice above everybody else cheering them. But what happens is they'll go to work and somebody else will cheer them. You'll, they'll come home and you'll belittle them. And I don't know about you, but you start gravitating to those that cheer you and shunning those that jeer you. Happens all the time. You make sure, listen, don't, don't, be, don't be, they say don't be the jealous type. Now, number one, guys, don't do stuff that makes your wife jealous. No, no, what, just don't, don't do, but I'm, I'm talking about in a way that's destructive, in a way that you can't celebrate and push them to greatness and help them get out there and be successful. Love is not boastful or proud. Pride, did you know pride's what caused the devil to fall? And pride will get you every time. When you think, think, what happens, we, we, we begin to think we're all that. And there ain't nobody that can tell you you're not better than your spouse. And there ain't nobody that it hurts the worst from. Everybody else can tell you, but it hurts the worst when you hear it from the one you love. That no, you're not all that. Well, I hope you never say that to your spouse. I hope you build them up and make them feel like they're the greatest thing in the world. You should make them feel like they're the most beautiful, the most talented, that they can do anything. There's nothing they can... You should put them on that pedestal and keep them there. I'll tell you why in just a few moments. But pride in marriage, thinking that you got to... Everything's got to be my way. I, I, I got to be in the spotlight. I've got to be. I've got to be the one shining. I've got to. And, and there's this constant jockeying back and forth. Listen, learn. Miss Amy said it well ago. The Bible says, "Prefer one another." In other words, put the other one before yourself, or rude. Love is not jealous, boastful, or rude. How, how rude are you on a scale 1 to 10? How rude are you to your wife or your husband when you come home? Isn't it amazing how we can open the door for a stranger? How we can say good morning? How we can smile at work and we shut our own house door and everything changes our demeanor, our attitude, and we can take out all of our frustrations. And Isn't that a shame? That we treat the ones we love worse than the stranger at Walmart? We would never be in that think about being out in public and see someone, you know, trying to get whatever, and look at them and go, get it yourself. But spouses will say that. You know, there, there's things that we... Are you a rude husband? Are you a rude wife? It got awful quiet in here, didn't it? You're, you're evaluating. I know you're checking to see. If you're not sure, ask your wife or your husband. They'll tell you. 
and the fight's on. Talking about love. It does not demand its own way. It's my way or the highway. You'll find yourself walking down the highway with your bag. Going, I wish I hadn't have said that. <laughs> Heard one of a couple one of the men last night. I'm not gonna say who it was. I was trying to, we was taking their picture. And he put his arms around his wife. He said, I can't reach. I said, That's that could be on your tombstone. His last words, I can't reach. <laughs> they were young newlyweds. They don't know no better. Had to teach them. You can't say stuff like that. That's rude. It's not rude. It, it's rude. It's ugly. It's don't, don't be so demanding. Husband, get home. Where's my supper? Where's my... Get me a glass of tea. What in the world? Listen, she's not your mama. And you shouldn't treat your mama that way. Now, we all did our mamas that way. Get in bed at night. I'd be up in there. Mom, I'm thirsty. Here come mama bringing me a cup of water, you know. Mom, I'm cold. She come bring you a blanket. You know, you try that with your wife. I'm thirsty. She go get your own drink. And she'll tell you, I ain't your mama. <laughs> you should be the one. Listen, I, I, I've done it before. I put a towel in the dryer. Got it all hot and he came in there and wrapped around her feet and tucked her in. See, she said it one time. See, I did that. I did that. My mama used to do that. I was spoiled. <laughs> I don't even know what y'all said. I don't want to know. <laughs> Love does not demand its own way. Come on, don't be a demanding spouse. Don't be, don't be just, I got to have it. Just, oh, no, no, no. Come on. If you're hungry, say, come on, baby, let's, let's cook something together. Let's, let's go out, to, let's do something. Do, learn to do things together. Things are more fun together. Everything's more fun together. Cleaning house is fun. Together. Naked. That was, that, that, that was, the, that was the advice I, I gave to Joey and Sarah. They just got married. I, they're still excited. I gave them the advice. Everything is fun or naked. Except frying bacon. That ain't no fun. You won't make that mistake but one time. Then you should be like, no, I'm not doing that again. Oh, but then you have Kids. And then you can't, you just can't run around the house naked anymore. Twenty six years, you still can't. Like get, get out of my house. Like run around my house naked again. <laughs> and make sure the blinds are closed too, because I'm telling you, ain't nobody wants to see that. Nobody. Love does not demand its own way. It is not irritable. You don't have sex? Of course she don't. You're mean. You're grouchy. You're irritable all the time. Nobody. Listen. Don't be irritable. Don't be grouchy. Don't take out. Learn to leave your stress at work. Set, if you need to sit in your car or your truck a few minutes and breathe and let it go and put a smile on your face, come in the house, give your wife a big hug, give her a big long kiss before you say anything. 
your blood pressure will just go down. Give her a big hug, hold her in your arms. You know what might happen? She might just break down and start crying. And then, husbands, we want to fix it. What's wrong? What can, what can I do? Nothing. Nothing's wrong. Well, why are you crying? I don't know. If I'm crying, I know why I'm crying. But they don't, they don't know. They cry when they're happy, cry when they're sad, cry when they're watching uh, uh, Hallmark movies. I look over all the time, Haley and Amy's just a crying. What happened? Did I miss something? We're not, we're not that emotional. But just, just hold her in your arm, give her a big kiss, and let the stress, because she's had a stressful day too. Listen, ladies work just as hard as you men. Sometimes harder. Because we, we, we work and we come home and sit in our chair. They got to keep cooking, then clean up, get the kids ready for bed, fix everything. They go from daylight to dark. They say, they get up and say, I'm going to bed. About an hour later, they finally lay down. We say, I'm going to bed. Three minutes later, we're sound asleep. Don't be irritable. It keeps no record of being wronged. Remember that little scene? Bringing up the past, a past fight. Listen, did you know when you ask God to forgive you, He forgives you and forgets? We need to work on that. We need to tell each other we're sorry. You need to give the same grace God gives you. Listen, people make mistakes. Husbands make mistakes. Wives make mistakes. Things happen. But here's the deal. You can overcome, no matter what it is, even infidelity, if you're willing to forgive. Now, you've got to quit what you're doing. You've got to stop hurting each other. But if a person truly made a mistake and truly sorry... You can get over it. You can if you're willing to forgive. But if you can't forgive and you can't forget and you're going to live a lifetime of, of, of sorrow and, and pain and you're going to make them live in that too, it might not be worth it. I don't know. I think it is. I think marriage worth fighting for. But you can't keep keeping records of wrong. Three times this week you did this. I did? Yeah. Four times. Ten times. You said, you, you didn't say you loved me. This, why are you keeping a record? Listen, we, we all say and do dumb stuff. I said something dumb yesterday. Got in the car. My wife told me. I didn't like that. I don't even know where that came. She said, I don't even know where that came from. And I had to apologize. Because I said that she had enough diamonds and I wasn't going to buy her no more. And she said, I did not like that you said that. I said, baby, I'm sorry. You know I was just playing. I'm just broke. I just bought a boat. I can't afford diamonds. I told her I bought it for her, but she didn't see it that way. But you know, after, after, after 30 years, here's the deal. After 30 years, it was her that said, do it. Because if she would have said, eh, I would have said no. Because we don't make big decisions to do things without consulting one another. Now, she don't consult me when she wants to buy a purse. I don't consult her if I want to, you know, buy this. Or, but, you know, we, we don't do any big things without being on the same page. And That's called Communication. It's just called marriage. It's called being open. It's called being naked and unashamed. You're not hiding nothing. You're not buying stuff and hiding it in the closet from your husband. And then he comes out. He's like, you get a new dress? Oh, no, I've had this forever. Yeah, it's been hanging in there a week. You're just waiting until he forgot you bought it. You're, huh? You get ready to go hunting. You carry, carry out. Is that, a, is that a new gun? Oh, no, I've had this old thing. <laughs> Does it match my boots? <laughs> Does this gun make me look fat? I don't know. 
It's way past time, isn't it? Sorry. Here we go. Love, it does not rejoice at injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins. Love does not rejoice at wrong. Love does not get happy when the other one does wrong. Love is excited when things are right. When justice, when you do the right thing, love gets happy. When you do the wrong thing, love's not happy. Love does not rejoice at wrong, but it rejoices at right. Love never gives up. Some of you right now, thinking about giving up. I'm going to quit. It's not worth it. But if your tooth breaks, you'll be calling to get into the dentist tomorrow. If your car breaks down, you're going to take it to the shop. If your shoe breaks, you'll... Guys will go get it resold. Women, they're just going to buy another pair. Yet, when our marriage is broke, is it not as valuable as our teeth and as our health? If we're sick, we go to the doctor. If we, is it not worth a trip to the doctor? <laughs> Maybe you need to go to counseling. Maybe you need to come sit in our office and we need to pray. We don't counsel. We give biblical instruction. I can tell you what the Bible says. I can tell you. Look right here. The Bible says don't be irritable. Stop being irritable. And you stop being rude. Now y'all kiss and make up. i tell you that. But, but you may need more than that. You may have some serious damage. You may, you, you may need to go see a, a marriage counselor. You may need to sit down with somebody and work some issues out. We've had to work some issues out. We're not perfect. We used to rejoice. I mean, we literally brag. I was a little boastful. The Bible says don't be boastful. I was boastful. We were boastful how great our marriage was. Until we went into this last year. And I started falling asleep at red lights. And I'd be asleep in my chair before bedtime. Oh, and Amy's like, what's wrong with me? It's not, baby, it's not you. You know, and, and things are just not the same. And. You're tired all the time, and you know you feel like your 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 desire is just during the day you want to, and at night you're too sleepy to. And you go, this is just not me. And you're like, well, I guess I'm just getting old. And then a friend of mine said, man, dude, you need to go to the doctor. So I did, but it's expensive. But I thought, you know what, if anything else was broke, I'd go fix it. But, and I went and I checked, and sure enough, man, all my hormones were just bottomed out. Nothing. And the doctor was like, you know what, most doctors say, oh, you're fine because you're old. It's supposed to be that way. But she said, no, I can get you back to, I can't get you to 21, but I'd get you to 35. And Amy said, I don't want you at 21. You didn't know what you were doing. She said, I'll take 35. And sure enough, all of a sudden, you know, you, you, you get on some supplements and some things, and all of a sudden, you start realizing, whoo, I'm back to my old self again. It wasn't me. It wasn't. But all of a sudden, you're as a spouse, when your spouse doesn't act like the way they used to, you take it personal. When it wasn't personal, it was hormones. So I... Got my doctor paid off, and I made her an appointment. <laughs> Came home and said, hey, you got an appointment next Tuesday. You go to the doctor. Because <laughs> I think something's wrong with you, too. <laughs> sure enough, <laughs> she had more things wrong with her than I had wrong with me. <laughs> Getting her all fixed up. She's feeling better. Yeah. We're not fixing to have no more kids or nothing like that. Because that would be a miracle. But here's the deal. Listen, if it's broke, fix it. Don't just say, oh, well, that's the way it is. Oh, well, I just get used to it. I, I'm just that way. I, I'm just always emotional and irritable in me. Maybe, maybe, maybe you have a problem. You need to go get checked. Now, if you go get checked and everything's fine, we need to work on some other things. We need to work on some attitude and some character, and we need to pray through. But it might just be simple, as simple as taking a vitamin or... Love never gives up. Can I just tell you today, please don't give up on your spouse. 
please don't give up on your marriage. It's worth fighting for. You're going to have to, you're going to, have to deal with situations with the next one. Why not just fix this one? Amen? Love never loses faith. It's always hopeful. What are you hoping for your marriage? Are you hopeful that you're going to grow old together? See, here's the deal. Sex changes. Frequency changes. It, you may get to the place to where you don't do that anymore. But can I tell you, love never changes. You can still hold hands. You can still hug. You can still cuddle. You can still say, I love you. You can still be nice. You can be sweet, you can be kind, you can still buy each other gifts, you can still write each other love notes. Listen, don't think, well, we can't have sex anymore, so I'm just not going to do nothing anymore. What's wrong with you? That's not in the notes either. That's for free. Seriously. What the, all, listen, all the stuff that you used to do when you were... Uh, Young and dating and all the stuff. I mean, just, just to hold hands. You just, you just hold hands. Your little heart pitter-patter. You get butterflies. Come on. Do you hold hands anymore? Do you drive down the road and just hold hands? Do you hug? Do you kiss? Do you, come, on, come on. There's a lot of things. If you want to get back to a healthy marriage... You've got to start with little steps. You just need to stop being rude and arrogant and boastful and prideful and resentful and keeping a record of all the wrongs. And you need to start being hopeful about your marriage. And you need to start speaking life over it. And you need to start doing the little things you used to do to make him or her fall in love and they can fall in love again. Amen? And endures through every circumstance do you want a marriage that endures every circumstance I do I want to build a strong healthy marriage but here even with all of that sometimes you can't fix it because you know what did did you know God gave us a free will and if one or the other chooses to walk away You say, Pastor, what do I do? Well, first of all, you do whatever you can. You do your part. But the Bible says, if a man, and it goes for the woman, he too, be pleased not to dwell with you, let him go. Because God does not force us to love him, and you can't force someone to love you. You'll not have any trust. You'll not have the the bond and the intimacy that you need to have if you force a person. If you force someone to stay with you, they're not your spouse. They're your captive. They're your slave. And no, no, nobody loves their captor. Amen? But before you get there, do everything you can. How do you know if you're in a, a dangerous zone? I'm almost finished. 1 Peter 4, 8. Most of all, continue to show deep love for each other. For love covers a multitude of sins. How do you know when your marriage is in danger when your love is not where it needs to be, when you need to step up, when you need to get things right, when you need to really need to start loving the way Jesus loves, because love covers a multitude of sins. How many's heard love is blind and marriage is an eye opener? <laughs> oh, here's the deal. When you first get married, You see no flaws. The reason you're naked and unashamed is because you're so blinded by love that you can see nothing. I mean, you're just... (gasps) But when you get to the point where all of a sudden you start going, I don't look just right. 
I don't think I like that. That's not perfect. You're heading in a dangerous direction. You've got to come back and say, Lord, renew my love to where once again I see no flaw. See, when God sees us, He doesn't see our flaws. He sees the blood of Jesus covering our lives. And to Him, we look perfect. You get out from under the blood of Jesus, we are wretched. And our sin will not stand in the presence of God. Stay under the covering of Jesus' love and His blood. Your marriage is not going to survive out from under the love of God and out from under the perfect love for each other because you'll start picking out each other's flaws and I'm telling you, we all have a bunch of them. And pretty soon you start building up resentment and you start, what you used to like, now you hate. What used to adore you now drives you nuts. What used to make you laugh now makes you mad. And that's when you say, okay, I gotta, I gotta get down to business. And you start showering each your wife with love and you start being sweeter and nicer stop watching watch start watching your words and you know, pretty soon you'll realize wow <laughs> I, I, I do love them you know what, what, what was I thinking about what was I what did I see what don't you want to get back to that kind of love love that covers a multitude of sins but guess what God will help you. But you have to put in the daily work. Listen, I can preach to you on Sunday, but this afternoon, when, y'all, when you get to lunch, when you get out of here, I, I, I can't control your mouth. I can't keep you from saying, Woman, get in this car, it's time to go. That preacher preached too long. I can't control that. But you can. You can, you, you can start to say it and bite your tongue. Uh, uh, no, no, that's not the right thing to say. You've got to put in the daily work to stop being rude, irritable, mean, contentious. You have got to stop keeping a record of everything going wrong. Listen, if you've got the notebook, throw it away. If you've got it on your phone, throw it away. Listen, there, there's been times, there's been people I thought, you know what, I'm just going to, every time they say that, I'm just going to start writing it down. And then one day I'm going to say, you know how many times you said that? And then I thought, no, that's wrong. <laughs> You're not supposed to keep record of wrongs. No, we're supposed to forgive. And, and then they tell us they're sorry, we accept it, we forgive them. Well, what if they do it again? You forgive them again. The Bible says... How many times do I forgive my brother? Seven times? He said, no, 70 times seven. Yeah. So not only do you have to love and forgive, now you've got to do math. And I'm not good at that. How many times is that? 490. A day. But you're like, husband, uh, uh, Pastor, you don't know my husband. He, 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 he messes up 490 times before lunch. Keep on loving him. Keep being patient with him. Keep being kind. You show him love. He'll show you love. And we'll all love one another. Amen. Father, thank you so much. What a precious gift you gave me. You gave me this gift to honor, to cherish, to take care of. to nurture, to inspire, to press forward, to make successful, to do whatever I can do to make her be the very best she can be. And Lord, that's why you gave me to her. Help us promote one another. Help us encourage and not discourage. Help us be kind and not mean. Help us to be sweet not rude. Help us not to keep a record of every time we say something we shouldn't or do something we shouldn't. Help us take each day at a time. Help us be open and honest. 
Help us have those conversations like she said and just say what we're thinking, not hold everything in. You've given us a helpmate. Lord, let me let her help me because I need help. But that's why I'm not alone. Lord, help each other. Help us when, we, when our spouse does ask for help. Let us be gentle in that correction or that truth. And let us walk with them through it to get them better. Lord, whatever we need to do to get healthy, to get whole, I pray, Father, right now that something we've said or spoken, whether it be serious or silly, prick our hearts. Let us leave out of here today saying, I'm going to be the very best husband I can be. I'm going to be the best wife I can be. Regardless what others do, I want a strong, healthy marriage. Father, I just ask you right now for broken hearts. You're the healer of the brokenhearted. You see those that's been cheated on, those that's been abandoned. I pray that you would comfort their hearts. You would restore them. Father, if there's no restoration in that relationship and marriage, I pray that you would just heal their heart and help them continue forward to be the very best they can be. Help them learn their lesson for future relationships so we don't repeat mistakes. But Lord, I just declare today, as your love just sweeps through this building, a peace over our marriages. I rebuke divorce. Every lying spirit that tells a wife or a husband that they're not the one for you. Go find another one. Lord, let us put in the work right where we're at. It's worth it. And I just thank you for joyful marriages, happy homes, peaceful relationships. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen.